Welcome to another episode of the High School Huddle Podcast presented by the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. It's episode three of the 2019 season. I'm Brian Gossett, Prep Sports Editor, and I'm once again joined here by our TCU beat writer, Drew Davidson. How you doing, Drew? Hey, I'm doing good, Brian. Great to be back. I know uh, it's nice football season's finally here for all Fort Worth residents and readers out there. I guess they liked you uh, so much last week. We'll have you on another week here. <laughs> We appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, you can follow Drew. Uh, again, he covers all uh, TCU. Uh, his Twitter is at Drew Davison. You can also follow at Star Telegram, at DFW Varsity, and myself at Gossip41. But Drew, what's in store this week for our listeners uh, here at the third episode of the podcast? Well, Brian, we'll recap week one of the Texas high school football season, look ahead to the top games in week two, and finish off with some high school volleyball. First up, Denton Geyer at Alito on Friday night. Geyer winning 60-57. to 57. Talk about a shootout, a back-and-forth shootout with the Bearcats, the eight-time state champs. Tim Buchanan's return spoiled. Alito's first home loss to a Texas team since 2011 against Baker Mayfield and Lake Travis. You were at the game, Brian. What do you make of it? Yeah, I was uh, down on the field taking some video of the uh, introductions and, you know, the national anthem and uh, made my way back up to the press box and I already had missed the first touchdown. Uh, Geyer took the opening kick and uh, second play of the game from scrimmage. They scored a 52-yard touchdown. Eli Stowers threw it to uh, Seth Metter. Eli Stowers one of the best quarterbacks in the uh, Metroplex. He's a 2021 kid, already committed to Texas A&M. But yeah, just kind of back and forth, uh, you know, Talking about stats here, uh, keeping stats, it was it was <laughs> a lot of stats to keep up with. Um, you know, Gar actually came, uh, got up to a 22-7 lead. Thought maybe a blowout, but, you know, Alito at home. Um, they came back. They almost tied it, you know, down eight at halftime. Got the ball to start the third, scored, but uh, missed a two-point conversion that would have tied it. And, you know, every time Alito scored, Gar had an answer. Uh, like I mentioned, Stowers, big game, over 300 yards uh, total, uh, a couple touchdowns. You know, Seth Metter had, I think, four catches. Three of them were for touchdowns. He finished with 162 yards receiving. And then Kadrick Cobbs, the running back, um, you know, 216 yards, a touchdown, a couple touchdowns. And I've never seen, you know, this many, but he ran for two uh, – he ran for six two-point conversions, you know. <laughs> so there's uh, – 12 points right there but you know Geyer they played last year um, in Denson and Alito shut them out 40 to 0 it was the first time they had been shut out since their very first varsity game in, in 06 and so they took it took it personal you know talked to the kids the coaches after the game you know they had circled that game for 12 months um, and so Kadra Cobbs actually didn't play in that week one uh, game last year but talk to him, you know, great young man. You know, he leads the the classroom. You know, he's got a 5.0 GPA. Again, you know, hard runner, 200 yards. Uh, he actually mentioned Jason McClellan from Alito, the OU commit. Um, you know, talked about just what motivated him coming into that game, and uh, this is what he had to say. Well, I, I had to make sure I was motivated. I had pictures of Jason McClellan on my on my mirror on the back of my bedroom door, on my locker, inside my locker. I, I wanted to see his face everywhere I go. Cause you know, that, 
that's a, uh, I think he's like 27th in ESPN 300. So anytime I get to go against a run back like him, I, you know, I want to show that, that I can do what he can do. And I, I, just, I just took it really personal tonight. The second annual border brawl went down as well as the Tulsa area schools came to Mansfield and head home with three wins in the five games. Brian was at the Jenks and Legacy game on August 29th. Jenks won 38-0. Lake, Lake Ridge won a close one, 47-44 over Union. Tabor Allen with a 36-yard field goal with four seconds left. And Summit beat Sand Springs for the second straight year. Yeah, um, you know, I was at that Jenks game and uh, just dominated start to finish. Uh, you know, Broken Arrow also beat Mansfield Saturday morning. And then, uh, like you mentioned, Lake Ridge and, and Summit were the only two schools for Mansfield to come up with the wins. So a little better than last year, uh, you know, Tulsa went 4-1. and one, So uh, maybe heading in the right direction. Maybe they'll get another win next year if it continues. Right. Well, and Brian, your final game of the week was Saturday at Allen in the Tom Landry Classic. Colleyville Heritage defeating Lovejoy 13-10. to A little bit more low scoring than the Alito-Denton-Geyer game, but what, what what did you see from that one? Yeah, uh, easier on the stats, too. Uh, just, it was kind of ugly. It wasn't pretty. You know, talked to Coach Joe Willis from uh, Colleyville Heritage after the game. He even said it wasn't a pretty game, but did come out with a W. You know, Lovejoy's uh, one of these teams, you know, favored in their district. Um you know, every year it seems like they, they win a couple of playoff games, but Lovejoy got out uh, to the lead early, but Colleyville Heritage able to shut them out in the second half. Um, the player of the game was Braxton Ash, the running back, kind of a, a, a no-name. I think he was his first varsity start at running back. Um, he only had 26 yards at halftime rushing, uh, but he ended up with 183 yards at the end of the game, so just really fed him the ball um, every chance they could get in the second half and uh, the, that defense was able to shut down um, Lovejoy but uh, like I mentioned Coach Willis uh, obviously thinks to fix but was happy to uh, get the win and uh, this is what he had to say after the game. And we just settled down and did not did not have as many busts and we still missed on some balls we dropped a couple that were there in our hands and, and we didn't we didn't execute on that, but but you know, anytime you're trying to win a tight game, if you can run the ball and play defense, you've got a chance. And I think really that's a, you know, Braxton did a great job of not just pounding up in there. Offensive line did a great job matching things up and ran the ball well in the second half and played good defense. And it's hard to lose when you do that. And if you go to our website dfwvarsity.com, you can find Brian's piece, "The Week That Was," where he recaps the best game, best individual performance, and biggest upset of the week. Brian, you had two games set for the best game in the, the opening. Yeah, uh, like like we mentioned, Guy and Alito was, uh, well, I guess I'll call it 1A, and, and 1B was Highland Park and Rockwall. Um, Highland Park, the uh, three-time defending state champs, uh, headed to Rockwall. Kind of a big deal because they're, they're riding a 31-game winning streak, and their last loss came at Rockwall in 2017. And this one was this one was just like Guy and Alito, uh, just a shootout. You know, Rockwall got out to a 31-14 lead, and Highland Park was able to tie it at halftime. Final score, Highland Park 66, Rockwall 59. Uh, you know, Chandler Morris, the the son of uh, Arkansas coach uh, Chad Morris, and 
you know, he had nine touchdowns uh, and over 400 yards. You know, both teams uh, accounted for over 700 yards of offense. Um, it was just – it was an insane game. Um, so, I mean, I – whoever was at that game, you know, keeping stats, I feel for you. I, I went through the same thing with, with the Alito game. But, um, yeah, that was a heck of a game. Yeah, one well, in Chandler Morris wasn't the only one that accounted for nine touchdowns. Talk about Des Force's night, Brian, the young man from Weatherford. Yeah, Des Force, and uh, I'm going to plan on doing a feature here. Uh, I think it will be published on dfwvarsity.com on Thursday morning. But um, just his first varsity start, not bad. Um, nine total touchdowns, 476 yards of offense. You know, he had he ran in two two-point conversions. He ended up with 58 points scored, which actually is the fourth most um, ever in, in state history, uh, the most since 1941. And I uh, did a little piece on on that game last week, so go check it out. But uh, Weatherford beating Granbury 81-40. to 40. I, don't, I mean, when's the last time you heard <laughs> a, a high school team uh, score that many points? It was actually Weatherford's most points scored in a game since 1935. So, uh, Des Forrest, you know, a little guy, just 5'7", but uh, plays like he's the, the biggest on the field. And um, I can expect, you know, a pretty good season from him. Right. Well, in the biggest upset, one of the Arlington teams going down to Austin and beating the number three team in the state in a perennial powerhouse. Brian, tell us about that. Yeah, Martin, uh, they, you know, last year, Lake Travis was able to beat them and, and – they kind of turned the page here this year. Uh, I think a lot of people obviously would have taken Lake Travis being uh, that highly ranked, but uh, Martin's defense shut him down. I mean, you know, Lake Travis has, has a quarterback, uh, Hudson Card, who's a uh, Texas commit, and uh, they just shut them down. Uh, 35-14, uh, you know, the Warriors didn't allow a point after halftime. Uh, Zach Mundell. Uh, Martin's quarterback in, accounted for four total touchdowns, three on the ground. So big-time upset for uh, the Martin Warriors and uh, head coach Bob Wager. And I want to mention uh, just some players of the week and team of the week. Uh, Martin was up for team of the week, but they came in second. Uh, there was another upset in the area, Saginaw, defeating Haltom. Uh, you know, the Buffaloes coming off a, a historic season last year, 13 wins. You know, it was a home game for them, but Saginaw came in and, and beat them 23-21 after losing this game last year uh, by more than 50 points. So uh, big big upset for Saginaw. And then, uh, you know, obviously Des Forrest was our offensive player of the, the week with those nine touchdowns. And then uh, defensive player of the week was Robert Williams from Waxahachie Life. Right. Well, and speaking of Arlington Martin, the Warriors have another test in Week 2 against District 66A favorite Hebron on Friday from UTA's Maverick Stadium. Brian, this is also your top game in DFW in Week 2. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll kind of see if that Lake Travis win was for real or if it was a fluke. Uh, Hebron, uh, really tough team, like you mentioned, favorite to win um, their district. I believe they're ranked number – uh, 22nd in the state now coming off a big win against Plano in week one uh, where they actually led 46 to 6 at halftime so uh, we'll see if uh, Martin's up for the test uh, see if that defense can stop the Hawks 
Well, and Brian, another top game of the week, Frisco Reedy and the Colony. A lot of Division One talent in that game, which will kick off Friday night. Yeah, another rematch, obviously. You know, Reedy uh, won last year's matchup 33-24. Uh, but I do think uh, this year's Colony team is much better than uh, 2018. Uh, I mean, like you said, it's a lot of Division One talent. You know, you, you kind of start off with Reedy's quarterback, Jalen Kitna, uh, Boston College commit. He's the uh, son of you know Cowboys quarterback coach John Kitna, and then we got the number one offensive guard in the nation, uh, Nate Anderson, the, the big guy from Reedy, uh, Oklahoma commit. Uh, but the Colony's got some great kids too. I mean, you got safety Christian Gonzalez, who's committed to Purdue. Wide receiver Keith Miller, uh, Colorado commit, and then you know all-purpose back Miles Price, who has over 20 offers. So. Uh, you know, I won't be at that game, but uh, definitely a game to watch. And the Cotton Bowl Classic gets underway this week with two doubleheaders Friday and Saturday in Dallas. Sakshi and Euless Trinity kick off at 5 p.m. on Friday. Lake Highlands versus Plano East and Bowie versus Mansfield are also playing. But your number three game of the week is between Cedar Hill and Geyer kicking off 10 a.m. on Saturday. You know, I mentioned Geyer. Losing last year to Alito, 40 to zero, uh, they followed it up in week two against Cedar Hill and, and lost 26 to zero, which uh, marked the first time ever they've been shut out in back-to-back -back weeks. Uh, that was also at the Cotton Bowl. So, talking about how Geyer taking it personal against Alito, I'm, I'm sure uh, they'll feel the same way here against Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill coming off a, a, a loss to Allen. Uh, a lot of people took out in that game, but you know they they were able to hang tight for a while there, and we'll see how they respond, and then we'll see how Geyer, you know, responds from uh, last year's defeat. You know, uh, the way they played against Alito, over 600 yards, uh, 350 yards rushing, with all those you know weapons, Eli Stowers and, and Cobbs and Seth Metter. Um, you know, I like to think that that Geyer's going to get this one against Cedar Hill. Right. One, a couple uh, other games rounding out your top five. South Oak Cliff at Duncanville and Dickinson at Allen. And you can see the rest of the top games on DFWVarsity.com. A couple other stories you can find on that site, DFW area football rankings, and we see a few new teams in the mix. Yeah, after that upset uh, of Lake Travis, I, uh, I put Martin there in the top ten for 6A. Uh, and then in 5A, 5A, we got a couple of new teams with South Oak Cliff coming off a 22-21 uh, win against a, a good Dallas Skyline team. And then Crowley snapping a four-game uh, losing streak to their rival Evermen. Um, so those two teams are new in 5A. And then Melissa in 4A uh, is my new team there. Right. Well, and before we move on to volleyball, you can also check out Fort Worth Area Football Leaders in Week 1. Lake Ridge and Granbury leading the way with 578 yards of total offense. Trimble Tech allowed 42 yards on defense, and Carson Cross from Fort Worth Christian throwing for 332 yards. Yeah, again, you can find that, that entire list on uh, dfwvarsity.com. Um, just wanted to run through uh, a couple more. You know, Cleburne uh, picking up a big win against South Hills, also uh, allowing fewer than 100 yards on the game you know Chris Sims his first varsity start at quarterback for Arlington and he was able to throw for uh, 293 yards 
Des Forrest, we talked about uh, leading the way in rushing, 289. Hayden White, uh, a 2,000-yard rusher last year with uh, 213 for, for Lake Country. And then Chance Looper, who we talked about last week um, over at Fort Worth Christian, had 272 yards receiving to uh, lead the area. One new volleyball rankings came out Tuesday morning, and not much changed, Brian. One new team is in the mix, though. Yeah, I got uh, Arlington Martin there. Uh, they've won their district 4-6A the last couple of years. Went to the regional final two years ago in the third round last year. Uh, Ulysses Trinity picked up a big upset. Uh, shout out to our man Steve, uh, Ulysses Trinity grad. But they got the upset over uh, Colleyville Heritage, who, who was number 10 uh, in the previous week. So Colleyville's, uh, I dropped Colleyville out for Arlington Martin. And then uh, Birdville is the only one that kind of made a push up, uh, moving up a couple spots. We also had Player of the Week and Team of the Week for volleyball. And uh, again, Ulysses Trinity, Team of the Week for uh, for that upset of Heritage. And then our Player of the Week was Sydney Sherlock from Timber Creek, the senior, uh, just kind of coming back from an injury, but um, had a had a nice week there, including a a uh, 18 kill performance. Yeah, that's pretty good numbers there. And Brian's game of the week took him to Saginaw on Tuesday night. The Rough Riders taking on Fossil Ridge. How did that game turn out, Brian? Yeah, you know, last week I started, you know, saying what volleyball games I should go to on Twitter and, you know, people responding and uh, did it again this week. And, and both times I've, I've got, you know, a number of tweets from the Saginaw kids saying, you know, watch Saginaw. So, uh, they picked a good one uh, to go to uh, as a five-setter, Fossil Ridge, coming off uh, you know uh, a victory in the tournament last week, uh, but uh, they were out two to one, Saginaw trailing in the fourth set, uh, but they, the Rough Riders were able to tie it up there and, and force a fifth set, and then it kind of looked like Fossil Ridge was going to win it all. Uh, they were up 11 to seven. Uh, you know, fifth set uh, goes to 15 points. Saginaw took a timeout. I don't know, you know, what, what was said there, but uh, they came out and they scored the next six points in the final eight of nine uh, to take the fifth set. So uh, Saginaw coming up with a big five-set win. Kaylee Brubaker, their setter, uh, 42 assists and 22 digs. She was my uh, player of the game and, uh, you know, just had a little interview with, with Kaylee um, after the match, and uh, here it is. You know, especially in the fourth set, you know, down 2-1, you know, what, what's going through your guys' mind? Uh, it's, well, at the beginning, it's a little negative. It's a little, you know, okay, like now we have to come up from behind. We're the underdogs now. And then it's just, you know, you come out here and you do your job and you play as a team, and you can't really do anything without all six of your teammates there. So it's definitely just, you know, coming together and being positive. Uh, so something must have been said in that final timeout down 11-7 in the fifth set because you guys scored the next six and then obviously won 15-12. What, what was going on there? Uh, it's just you worked so hard the last four sets to not come back and win that fifth set. And it's, it's just very um, emotional. It's very like, you know, it's a good nervous. It's a good nervous energy. It's that energy that pushes you through to finish. And it's just you got to do your job. You got to go out there and play how you know how to play. Uh, do you feel like once you got one, two, three of those points, you guys kept going? I do. I think that that momentum definitely pushes us. I think that when you're down and you're not 
playing as well, it's hard to get that momentum back. But when you're on a run and you're playing well and you're doing the things you know how to do, it's it's good. It's that momentum. And uh, just a couple other scores, you know, you can, again, find it on our website. Um, Burleson, you know, they were they moved up in the state rankings to number four in, in 5A, beating Joshua 3-1. Uh, to one. Uh, Brock improving to 20-4 and four on the season, beating Springtown 3-0. to zero. Uh, Kind of a annual tradition now, Alito and Weatherford. It's, it's husband against wife. Um, Alito winning this one. Three to two, uh, Claire, who by the way got her 400 win uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, and Alito defeating her husband Nick at Weatherford. Uh, Flower Mound beating a very good Prosper team three to zero. Uh, DeSoto defeating Alvarado three to zero. Uh, Frisco, Hebron, Lake Ridge, you know Liberty, Little Elm all get wins. So go check out the scores on our website dfwvarsity.com. Well, and we'll wrap it up here, but before we do, Brian, tell the listeners what games you'll be at this week. Yeah, kind of an interesting one. Thursday, uh, Plano and El Paso Eastwood over at the Star in Frisco. Um, If you follow high school football, you probably know the story now. Uh, That game was originally set for uh, Murphy Stadium in Plano, and then Plano ISD kind of announced they were going to cancel the game. Uh, because of the uh, what happened in El Paso uh, early August. And then they reinstated it 24 hours later, moved it to the Star. It's actually going to be televised now on uh, WFAA Channel 8. And actually their, uh, one of their partners in El Paso is going to pick up the game too. So uh, I'll be at that one. A lot of storylines there. Friday, Saxe and Trinity, uh, the early game, 5 p.m. over the Cotton Bowl. And then back in Dallas for the doubleheader on Saturday, Cedar Hill versus Geyer, and then Bowie versus Mansfield. And, uh, you know, just want to give, you know, shout-out to the TCU fans because I'm sure a lot of the high school football fans listening are also uh, TCU Horned Frog fans. So, Drew, what kind of content content uh, can they expect from, from you this week? Yeah, TCU's coming off a 39-7 win over Arkansas Pine Bluff in the season opener. Uh, the quarterback situation's still up in the air for now, uh, so make sure you check out StarTelegram.com for all the latest on the TCU quarterback situation. They're off this week, so this weekend I'll actually be in Austin for LSU-Texas, uh, but then the following weekend, TCU at Purdue, uh, Rondell Moore, an All-American wide receiver for the Boilermakers. That's going to be a great game. You got Rondell Moore for Purdue, Jalen Rager for TCU. So I'll have plenty of content leading into the Purdue game. So make sure you check out StarTelegram.com. For all your latest high school football, TCU, Cowboys news, there's a lot going on. It's a great time. And, and we're doing a special, Brian, $30 for a year for a sports pass, uh, and, and you'll get all the content you need for Cowboys, TCU, Rangers, high school football. Uh, so make sure you take advantage of that. But that is going to do it for us, another episode of the High School Huddle Podcast. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening, and make sure to tune in next week.